You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. And out of the gate, specifically during this pandemic, I need to express my deepest desire for you to continuously remain safe and healthy. You, your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your staff, everyone in between. We are almost out of this thing. There are most definitely brighter days ahead. And I hope this is one of them for you because it most definitely is for me as I am able to amplify this amazing soul's message to all of you today. And in fact, she is our third ever repeat guest. So we haven't had many repeat guests. We're about to approach the two year mark in just a few months. And it dawned on me earlier this year that we need to do something again. We need to do something again together because the feedback the first time around was absolutely amazing. So we are bringing to you Latina media dynamo and women's empowerment advocate Nellie Galan, dubbed the tropical tycoon by the New York Times Magazine, is one of the entertainment industry's savviest firebrand talents. She's an immigrant and self-made media mogul. Now, Nellie was the first Latina president of entertainment for a U.S. television network, which was Telemundo. She's an Emmy award-winning producer of over 700 episodes of television in Spanish and English, including the five hit reality series The Swan. After becoming self-made on her own terms, Nellie has made it her mission to teach women, regardless of age or background, how they too can become entrepreneurs. Her New York Times best-selling book Self-Made, Becoming Empowered, Self-Reliant, and Rich in Every Way, which was published by Penguin Random House, was inspired by the new revolution in women's entrepreneurship led by multicultural women in the U.S. and emerging women around the world. And listen, as I mentioned, we're bringing her back because she is filled with insights and wisdom from her experiences and she's been in proximity of billionaires she's built multi-million dollar brands she has done it she is self-made and being able to amplify this to you today means the absolute world to all of us here at decoding success so i want to say thank you to you for taking the time to dive into something of this nature and level up in your life whichever area that may be there are plenty of insights in here that are going to be able to impact you so make sure you have a pen and pad maybe just the notebook on your phone, whatever the case is. But in advance, I'm going to ask you to make sure you're sharing this. Make sure you're leaving a rating and review nonetheless. It is absolutely monumental in a time like this, in a pandemic like this, to continuously share positivity, continuously share ways to grow and develop and evolve in our lives. So make sure you're keeping that in mind as you're listening to this. It takes less than 10 seconds to shoot this over to someone that you know in a text message. It takes less than a minute to leave a rating and review so we can continuously tailor this show to your liking. But now without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Nelly Galan. Nelly, listen, I am beyond ecstatic to have you back for round two here on Decoding Success. Super, <laughs> super excited. Um, I know we absolutely hit it off the last time um, we had you on the yeah. show, which I believe was March of 2019. It's crazy how time flies. Mm -hmm. So Nelly, I just want to say thank yeah. you. Really grateful for having you back here. Well, happy to do round two because it's never enough with only one session. <laughs> It is never enough. And clearly, I remember saying to you at the end of the last episode, like I could have talked to you for, I don't know, 24 plus more hours. Like it was such well, an enjoyable you know conversation. What it is, Matt? I mean, I love that you told me you that I remind you of your mom, but like kids don't listen from their own mom and they listen sometimes to another mom. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think a lot of the stuff we were talking about is 
you know, the idea that we, like, I love that you guys that are young, you have all this new information about, you know, social media and the internet, and you guys are so flexible, but there is something too about the wisdom of experience. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why we're here. I want to extract all of that goodness from you and amplify it Mm -hmm. to all of our amazing community members. So Nelly, last time you were on the show and we always kick the show off with this question. I'm going to be very transparent. You're Mm -hmm. only our second returning guest and I'm really excited to dive into this. So last time around, you said that you define success as rich in every way. Is that still the same case? Yes, I think so, because I think that when you're younger, you you have a very, uh, you think success is like, you know, a hot relationship or making money or like my son would say, get rich. But life is deeper than that, right? So you find, I mean, I'm going to say it in a very deep way. I mean, in life, you have like a hole inside that shows up in your life over and over again, that where you feel like, why am I depressed? Like, I have everything or you know, sometimes it's obvious why you're depressed as bad things happen. But even when you're not like naturally depressed, sometimes you go that, like that relationship didn't make me happy or that success didn't make me happy. And you have to really face yourself. And I think as you get older, uh, you know, the great thing about getting older, really the only great thing about getting older is wisdom. And you realize that when you're younger, you blame circumstances or other people for that whole, well, I'm not in the right relationship. Well, this job is not right. I hate my boss. Well, I'm trying to do this thing, but somebody's in my way. And in the end, you realize it's you. You are the common denominator. And so if you don't really face yourself over and over again and go, why am I not happy? Am I not taking myself to a higher level? Am I jealous of other people because I don't really look at myself and what I'm not capable of doing? And, and I think rich in every way is, is really about that. It's like life isn't just about getting one goal. It's about a well-rounded life that you constantly have to take full responsibility for. Right. That's powerful. So let me ask you, how did you fill the hole in your life? I mean, you're, you're clearly speaking from experience here. So what fills that hole? I mean, is it the well, accomplishments? The whole, the whole, listen, when, you know when you see your parents and you go, or you see people that are older than you and you go, what the hell? Like, they're not that grown. Like, I feel like I'm smarter than they are or whatever. It's because, you know, it, what you don't realize about life when you're young is that life is an obstacle course. Like, you figure out certain things and you go, wow, I really figured that out. And then you turn 30 or you turn 40 or you turn 50 and a whole bunch of other stuff goes down the drain. And then you go, oh my God, I guess I didn't figure it all out. So the thing about life is when you're young, you're kind of arrogant because you think, oh, I, you know, I learned three things and now I got it. No, you really didn't because life is a constant obstacle course. And so that hole reappears over and over again. It still reappears to me all the time. The difference is that, it, that as I get older, I realize I no, I no longer do what I used to do, which is, as I said, blame someone else. Now I go, okay, I really ask myself deep questions. And so I think that having a relationship with yourself being quiet and actually writing down questions to yourself, like saying, what is really bothering me? What is making me unhappy? What have I yet to accomplish? Why haven't I accomplished it? And asking yourself the questions and then immediately writing down your own answer. You know the answer. 
oh, because I really don't want to do this or that or the other. Um, so, you know, like, I'll give you an example for me. Like, I have worked really hard. I've been on the road for four years. I really, trans, you know, completely changed my career from just being a TV producer to really being this woman that wrote this book on entrepreneurship that's really resonated with people. And then I say to myself, why hasn't it scaled as much as it should, you know? And then I, I know the answer because I wasn't willing to do the work in social media. I'm being lazy because I'm older and I'm like, oh, I don't really like social media. Well, too bad. Then don't blame other people if the thing doesn't scale properly. So right. those are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself, right? So that's in business and in, in your personal life. Sometimes you ask yourself, why am I un unhappy in this relationship? And, and the answer that comes back is not pretty. It's like, you know, you've, you, you are either in a relationship that's dysfunctional or you've settled for someone that you're not really in love with or many of the things that happen in relationships. And so when you ask yourself those questions, then you have to ask yourself, are you willing to do the work? Because, you know, people that, that do exceptional things really work harder than everybody else. They may be, not, you know, like, let, let's just use, I mean, I, Kobe is so on my mind right now because, you know, I think everyone in LA is so sad and everyone in the country is so sad about Kobe. But when you think about someone like Kobe who had natural ability, like one in a zillion person has that ability, but how many other people have that natural ability but didn't do the work? Right. I mean, you look at, you look at somebody like, what's his name? The guy that was married to Khloe Kardashian who also had natural ability but he had demons and those demons and the lack of work kept him from being Kobe. So not everyone takes what they have and actually does something with it. It does require this kind of introspection all the time. That's why to me, I think more than like doing work, 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 work. You know, I think I told you last time, I, th I think of myself as a turtle because I'm not a fast learner. I'm slow, but, I think slow sometimes is better than so fast that you don't pay attention to the signs around you. Yeah, a hundred percent. The universe is constantly sending you signs of what you're doing wrong. I love that. And sometimes, and sometimes life just throws you a bad, you know, deck of cards. I mean, it really does. Sometimes life isn't fair. You know, my son said to me, when the whole Kobe thing, you know, mom, life isn't fair. Why do you ask me to work so hard or to, you know, why, why do we even ask this of ourselves? I go, son, you can't do it thinking life is fair. You have to do it because you love it. And because you are committed to your own mastery. I think if Kobe Bryant were to come back and you say, you're going to die in a helicopter thing when you're 40, in your 40s, would he have done anything different? No. He still would have worked that hard because he was competing with himself. These are existential questions, but they're questions that must, like, I don't know if young people talk about this stuff enough, right? Life is existential. Things happen that don't make sense. Bad deck of cards get dealt to you. Um, you know, sometimes you are in a bad situation, but the only person you have to fix it is you and your mind and your soul. And so, you have to go to deep places to snap out of it. Right. This is so, this is like the most powerful way to open up a podcast episode right here. <laughs>
I love this. I love this. So, Nelly, you mentioned that life is like an obstacle course. Now, clearly, you know, you've been in the game, you've been in business, you've been in life. So I have to ask, you know, just naturally, what do you feel like is the best way to maneuver through those obstacle courses without feeling all the turbulence you once felt at a younger age? Well, I think I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to like to hear. But I think what's really helped me is to realize that all the things I thought I was going to accomplish when I was 20, I'm probably not going to accomplish in my lifetime. And that is because life is an obstacle course. It's like, it's more, it's an obstacle course. And I'm going to even add a dimension to it. It's a relay race where you go and you go and you go. And there are, you know, like my son always says to me, what did I need algebra for in real life? I go, are you kidding me? Algebra is the most important thing you're ever going to learn because they don't explain it this way. But the X factor in life is the things that happen that are beyond your control. So, you know, who knows what, like you guys don't think this is possible because you've lived in this country your whole life, but maybe you have a little bit of a sense of it with all the polarization that's happened in the last few years. I come from a country, Cuba, that when I was five years old, uh, it was a communist regime and they changed the money from one day to the next one. And my parents lost all their money and we had to leave the country. That's an X factor that slowed my parents down and, as a, and, and, and slowed me down. So you don't know what's going to happen in your life. The X factor could be cancer. The X factor could be that you have a car accident. The X factor could be that when you're nine years old, your mother dies. The X factor could be a divorce. The X factor could be that a kid dies. You don't know what's coming in your life. And, that's, and, and so those things change the course of your life. And they sometimes they slow you down and sometimes they make you go faster. Sometimes you don't process what happens. You go faster and then you, you do something crazy and you, you slow yourself down. So you don't know, right? So the fact of the matter is you're, maybe your whole purpose in life is going to be to raise a kid and pass the baton to that kid and that kid is going to go be president of the United States or that kid is going to be a CEO and not you. And you have to come to terms with that, that that's the purpose of your life. Your life's purpose is not what you thought it was going to be. That's and so that, that is, and, and sometimes, and that's why when you see an Obama, for instance, become president and you hear African-Americans say so much, we stand on the shoulders of people that came before us because there were, maybe 30 or 40 Barack Obamas before him that never made it or they got killed. So it's hard to know that when you're young, Matt, and it's hard to even think like that. But the truth is, it isn't about a goal and necessarily getting to the goal. It's, get, it's going and going and going. And even if you don't get to the goal, getting as far as you can to pass the baton. You know, a movie that I highly recommend, I just saw a documentary on um, Gorbachev, who you don't, may don't make, everybody your age may not even know who he was, but he was the prime minister or the president of Russia when Russia, uh, the state of, the, the, the country of Russia broke up. And it was like when the United States for, for a very short period of time had a great relationship with Russia. And he was really a pioneer and an incredible, had an incredible life story that led him to wanting to really change the world. And in the end, right, right when he was like reaching the pinnacle of everything he was going to do, he had a coup d'etat. So like somebody in his government took over the co country and kicked him out. 
And the documentary is about him in old age, and he's and they asked him, "What do you want your epitaph to say?" And he said that I tried. And I thought that was like super deep, because I think we live in in a country that is so narcissistic that it's all about, you know, like even I would judge my parents, like what's wrong with my parents? You know, why aren't they being more ambitious? I'm like, and I, I didn't realize till later in life, my parents had a traumatic thing happened to them where they had to leave their country in their 30s and start all over again, learn a new language, and all their money and all their possessions were taken away from them. And I'm like, get over it, move on. And now I'm like, my God, that was so painful. They have PTSD. Right. And so we, you know, my son also, like, he teaches me a lot because he judges people very harshly sometimes, like, what's wrong with them? And I go, you do not understand that everyone doesn't have, you know, an entitled life and you will not either. Some things will happen to you in life that will humble you. And so the goal is to have big dreams, to go for big things, but to also not lose your humanity. Because even if you're a piece of the puzzle and not the full puzzle that gets to the end of the road, that's enough. Life, you think when you're young, you think life is so long. You're a blip. Living even a hundred years is a blip in the scheme of history. That's a fact. <laughs> that is most definitely a fact. Yes. Crazy. So you talk about the X factor. Do you feel that there is any way to be a little bit more proactive as opposed to reactive when those X factors happen? Yeah. And I'm not saying like living yeah. in the future and creating anxiety, anxiety for yourself, like always being in like this constant state of worry. But like, is there anything that you did to make sure that you were like on your A game, you were always at like level 100 to the point where, you know, if something did happen, you were able to handle it mm -hmm. a lot better than as opposed to just, you know, freaking the fuck out, you know? That's, that's a great question. I think that uh, young people should be history buffs. You should really like read and love history. Like my son always says to me, mom, I hate history class. I go, history is the most important class because history repeats itself over and over again. I think that to live in the United States and think that the United States is the center of the universe is a false reality. I think that, you know, like the last two years, Matt, I went to China. My book came out in China and it sold 2 million copies. And I did an entire tour of China. And I was like, I was kind of like, oh shit. I don't think kids in America realize Every kid in China speaks five languages and speaks English without an accent now because they've imported all these American teachers. I don't think kids in America realize that China has completely leapfrogged over us and we look like a third world country and they don't. I think that to think that you live in the center of the universe, to not travel, to not study abroad, to not go do business abroad is a terrible mistake because when what's coming, comes, you're not going to know what hit you. The right. world is not the place you think it is. We are not the center of the universe in the United States. We are holding on for dear life. Entitled older white men are holding on to a reality that is not true. There are people that are beating us and we pretend that we're still America's great. And, and, and let's keep America great again. America is great because we have such a diverse population, but we are not sitting in reality of what's happened in the world. We are lazier than everyone else. 
We don't work as hard as everyone else. We have completely let our educational system go. And to not understand that and to not really realize what's going on in the rest of the world will keep you ignorant. Yeah, I think you mentioned that the last time you were on the show as well, you were discussing um, how advanced the other countries are compared to us. And, you know, I I definitely appreciate that perspective. Luckily, I've been able to do a a shit ton of traveling, so I'm very exposed to it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hearing it Mm -hmm. from you again, it it definitely reinforces it. And uh, it's something that we all need to know, you know, so I, I definitely appreciate that. But I'm curious to get your take on something that I feel like you really embodied through, and you still do embody it throughout, you know, your, your journey thus far. And after I re-listened to the episode that we previously did last year, you know, I, I feel like you have this underdog mentality and I'm not sure if it stems yeah. from your, up, you know, if it stems from your upbringing or something, but like you still exemplify it and you've achieved your definition of success and what many other individuals would consider successful. So I'm curious, like, where does that underdog mentality come from? How can someone maintain the mindset that they are, or they need to be playing like they're 10 points down? Yeah, I think I have it naturally because I am an an immigrant and immigrants. uh, That's why I hate when people say anything about immigrants. Immigrants are holding this country together. I mean, there's more fortune 500 CEOs that are immigrants than any other type. And I don't think people realize what is the secret sauce of an immigrant. And it is this feeling of like, everything can go away. You cannot be entitled. You can't think you deserve anything. It is, it is this idea of taking full personal responsibility for your well-being in every part of your life. Knowing that uh, even if things are bad in this country, you know, I love this country. I think that even with all of our downfalls, this is a country that was built on an incredible intention, a much better intention than any other country in the world, which is this American dream that sometimes we take for granted because, again, if you haven't traveled the world, and if you haven't seen other countries, I mean, if you, I mean, I think every young person in America should go to India. I mean, India is shocking. The amount of people that live in that country in poverty, the amount of begging, the amount of, and yet such intelligent people and the kind of competition that they face for one job. That's why I think this movie, Parasite, has really hit big because I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it is about. Being in a country with so many, you're a young person and you have all these skills, but there's so many people vying for the same job that you have to do kind of bad things to get the job. And, and again, people that are good people that don't intend to do bad things, but must in order to compete. I don't think young people here realize that people live that way around the world. So I don't take anything for granted. And I really tell my son this all the time. I say, you have so much privilege. But, you know, I made my son pay for college. And I reimburse him every semester if he hits his numbers. And a lot of my friends are like, oh, my God, you're the meanest person. And I go, I'm not the meanest person. Uh, You know what? I'm helping him. He has to have skin in the game. When you grow up in this country and you go raise money and you want to be a founder or a maker or you want to go work for other people, if you don't have skin in the game, if you don't invest in yourself, you're not going to make it, period. So I'm doing him a favor. <laughs> and right. a lot of my friends are like, oh, pobrecito, you're killing him. I go, I'm not killing him. Guess what? He's hit his numbers every semester because he doesn't want to pay for his own school. 
he now sees how hard it is to pay for school and to pay for all his expenses. That's amazing. I mean, what you're doing, I'm literally over here thinking about it because I was very fortunate. I mean, my, my parents were paying for my college, but it, after I failed out of college, I had to get my skin in the game. And after my skin yeah. was in the game by paying for my own college, that's when I was on Dean's List. I graduated with honors. I you know, had the opportunity mm-hmm. of meeting Damon, which is how we're connected. You know, So it is coming full circle for me as we have this conversation, it's like, how can we always put our skin in the game? You know, I'm trying to think like what I could do for my business to have my skin more in the game and and things of that nature. I don't know if it means hiring an employee and, you know, feeling that pressure. I'm trying to gain some clarity on it. Like, what do you, what do you feel like is your opinion when it comes to that? Is putting skin in the game related to pressure or is it something different? Well, I think first of all, I think we have to back up one step about the skin in the game business. First of all, I have been, Matt, everywhere in the country. I've spoken at every university. I've spoken at high schools. I, I feel like, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting myself in an empathetic place with young people, I don't feel like anybody's telling you guys this stuff. I don't feel like kids that I meet that are even in like business school come out of business school and even know anything about personal finance or anything about what, what is coming. Like you guys are learning a lot of facts figures, memorization, and like case studies, but no one's really sitting down and explaining to you, dude, this is what's going to happen in your life. Like, you know, my, my son, it's, you're going to love this. My son is away at college and he comes back in his sophomore year and he's like, mom, what did you do to all these kids that are working for you? Like they're, they're all bosses. Like, what did you do? And I go, <laughs> I sat them down every day and I go, you need to, and they're all like, we hate math. I go, well, you got to love math. So I'm going to make you love math because math is the key to life. So we're going to all learn accounting. And they're like, no. And I go, it's, accounting is the funnest thing on the planet earth. Cause it's like playing with money. And so we, I mean, like we laugh because I go, we have like, I go like this, we'll be doing something. And I go, do you understand why we're doing this? You guys, let me explain to you the macro. Like I had this one intern come in and she was an accounting intern, as a matter of fact, because I'm really into accounting people. And I, I made her, uh, you know, when we go on events, Matt, you know, that we write down, you know, we have, we keep a database of people and we c- communicate with them and all this and all that. And the girl's like, and so I was making her put into our database, the you know, like the people's numbers and their emails. Sometimes people give me cards or pieces of paper or whatever. And she's like, why are we doing this? Like she was annoyed with me that I was making her input data. And she was African-American. And I said to her, do you understand why we're doing this? And she's like, no. And I go, well, let me explain it to you. I said, in, in the old days of like your parents' time, you know, people did civil rights uh, advocacy by going and marching together in this. In today's world, whether it's advocacy or whether you're selling a product or whatever, you communicate with people through, through a database. You send out emails, you communicate, and that's how you build a business or that's how you build a movement or that's how you build. So you're actually such an important part of building a movement. And when I explained it to her that way, she's like, oh, I really didn't get that. And I think no one's, and you know, it was a big aha for me that it's very important to explain to young people the macro of why we do what we do and the micro and the, and the, and the purpose of each person in that team. 
and that every job was small or great. Cause a lot of times you hear a lot about millennials going into companies and going, I want to be the boss tomorrow. <laughs> uh, right. And it is true that you guys do that. And so explaining to someone, I am training you to run a business from soup to nuts. <laughs> right now you're running my business but eventually you may run your own business and you need to know every little part of it. And let me explain. And I think that when you engage young people that way, uh, and I, and I do think we need to go back to apprenticeship. I, I think what this all ties into again is almost that underdog mentality, you know, and the reason I bring this up, is this has been like a really hot topic for me. You know, you, you mentioned the individual at your job or, you know, you, the one that you provided a job to in regards to inputting data. Um, I feel like oftentimes people, and I'm speaking from my experience. So when I say oftentimes people, I mean, Matt Labrie, <laughs> basically we yeah. almost feel like we get too big for something, you know, and uh, it didn't yeah. hit me until, you know, until mid-December of 2019, where I was like, dude, like, you live a great life, you've accomplished a lot of shit, you got a lot more shit to accomplish, but you are not in any way, shape, or form better than, you know, any job that's handed to you or any opportunity, you know, and I, I think that is exactly what happens. So like to hear this story, you know, it very much so ties into having that underdog mentality. It's like, I'm not saying take every single thing, you know, if, if you feel like your worth is a thousand dollars an hour, don't take something for a hundred. Like I get it. But, um, at the same time, I do feel like there is a balance and I, I think that very much so ties in. So it's very interesting to, to hear you bring that up right now. Well, I think also it's important to say that, you know, somehow you think, well, I'm going to kill myself in my twenties and that somehow you're going to live in this like grandiose state um, the rest of your life. I mean, I was just so you can use me as an example. I was running a TV network with 3,200 employees with a huge salary and huge back end. We sold the company. I then built a business, uh, kind of like Tyler Perry, making a lot of shows, making a lot of money, this and that. And then, you know, I decided, as you know, to take a sabbatical. I went back to school, uh, at 45, got a master's and doctorate in clinical psychology, which was way harder than any business I ever did, but I loved it. And then I, and then I started up this whole self-made uh, movement and, you know, I wrote a book and I, so, and so I started again, founding a company with two employees and cleaning the toilet. And, you know, like, I'll never forget, I had an intern from USC the first month of work and, and we were building shelves and she's like, I have to build shelves. And I was like, yeah, I build shelves and I clean the toilet and I go to the white house. That's the <laughs> job description. So, you know, I don't feel, I mean, and I kind of loved it. I love getting, you know, I, I, I think that it's also in me. I love going back and humbling myself and getting my hands dirty again and remembering that my, you know, that my shit doesn't stink. It stinks like everybody else's, that I don't need to be the CEO, that I can go back to being a worker. I don't think you guys realize that tomorrow you could, there could be a world war and that you would have to pick up and move to Poland or Russia, learn a language and start all over again. And I feel very comfortable in my skin that if anything happened in the world, I could start over again because I've done it over and over again. It's a muscle I'm comfortable with. And that when I now, you know, as I scale this new business, that I know 
I did every little job again from the bottom. Right. And, you know, and I think, you know, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Uh, you know, I have, I have worked with a lot of CEOs and, you know, when I was running Telemundo, we have, we had a corporate plane. I traveled in a private jet everywhere. And, you know, years later we sold the network by buy corporate jet. Right. And I would go to the airport and run into men that I worked with and they'd be like, Oh, you know, my assistant couldn't get me a first class ticket. And like, they would almost be, um, apologizing to me for, for me having to see them flying coach. And I go, dude, I don't, I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I always fly coach unless I'm being, unless I'm using frequent flyer miles and upgrading or whatever. And I certainly wasn't going to show my kid that snottiness. And, and my kid, I'll never forget when I did the apprentice, my kid goes, mom, why do you fly coach? Isn't that embarrassing? You're such a successful woman. You've made so much money. And I said, Lucas, you could not afford first class or private probably in your lifetime. I said, and guess what? I sometimes fly first class, and I said, but I am in a startup. I am the leader of a new business with people that work for me. I want them to understand that I'm willing to do what I'm asking them to do. And I said, and I have, and frankly, I don't even like the food in first class. I don't care. Why am I spending double the money for something I don't care about? <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather buy a building with the money than worry about flying first class because of my ego. Right. So I want you to think about all that because I, unfortunately, Matt, men have more issues with these things than women. Oh, they I do. agree. Let, let me tell you something. When I, when I go into people's offices and their offices are too flashy or in the times of my life when I've dated men and they have businesses and their cars too expensive or this or that, I judge them harshly in the other direction because I go, what the hell are you doing in a startup business with other people's money and spending the money on overhead? That's ridiculous. It makes me then not invest in their business. Or when I would date a guy and he was too flashy and trying to show me his Porsche and this and that, I'm like, dude, I'm not impressed at all. Are you buying, are you investing your money? Or are you showing, and, and I have to tell you, I'm a woman of color. And when I look at my, my young people that are of color, you know, whether it's African-American or Latino or Asian or Middle Eastern or South Asian, and sometimes because we get profiled, you know, I notice a lot, especially the men in our communities, walk in the room with an expensive car or whatever. And I understand it because they have to walk in and say, I deserve to be here. So don't kick me out. It's kind of a trauma we have, but you know what? It doesn't serve us because the, the, what we really should be doing. And you know that I said this to you last time, Matt, is the entire time I was making money, I lived beneath my means and I bought buildings. And over a 25 year span, my buildings and my real estate is worth five times what my regular business is worth. That to me is impressive. Not that I fly first class, not that I'd have a fancy car and I have a fancy car, but you know what? I bought it with a U.S. federal tax incentive. So my car, that's a hundred thousand dollar car. I bought it on a year where the government gave me 75% back on the car. So my car only costs 25 grand. I don't, I don't do anything grandiose. Grandiose is my enemy. Right. What kind of car are you driving, Nellie? Is it a Tesla? Well, 
I have no, I have well right now. I, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to a, a, an electric car. But I bought a G550 Mercedes. Hey. I bought it for a hundred grand, and the, and and I waited for a year. That the government incentive was if you buy a six thousand pound car, you get seventy five percent back. So I got I paid twenty five thousand for the car, so I could sell it and make a profit. You're a boss. You are the definition of a boss. <laughs> I love this. So, Nelly, so I, I really, really want us to change our mindset. The mindset has to be changed from grandiosity to like real achievement. Grandiosity is not achievement. Right. It's not. It's not Humility at all. Humility and bu- building real assets, building things, creating value in the world, creating businesses that are worth something. That is worth it. Grandiosity right. only takes it backwards. I love this. Listen, I, Nelly, I'm really grateful for having the opportunity to ask you all these questions for over two sessions now, you know, last year and now this year. I'm curious, what is a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer? And the reason I bring it up is because, like I said, we've had two opportunities already and I know you mm-hmm. speak all over the country, all over the world. You're, you're mm-hmm. absolutely crushing it. So what do you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? I think I, think I wish more people, and by the way, I told you that I made a webinars for all of your listeners for this reason. I wish more people would ask me tactically, how do you do it? Because it's very nice. We're talking very broad strokes about kind of the big ideas, but how do you humble yourself and actually do what I'm telling you to do? And I think that, you know, the truth of the matter when you're young is you have to sacrifice for a number of years and live so be, way beneath your means. Uh, first of all, you have to you have to really define your goals. What are your goals, and they better be big because if they're not big, you're not going to make you're not going to be able to sacrifice to achieve those goals. And you know, I think I've said this to you before. You need to save two years of salary, which that in itself is an obstacle course because that means no Starbucks. That means no going out to dinner every day of the week. That means not buying you a lot of, you know, I did not buy, I, I had a uniform of five outfits when I was starting up my business and I wore them over and over again. It means living sometimes with many other people, bringing that rent down to the lowest possible, saving two years of salary because one year is your emergency in case anything goes wrong that you can't touch. And the year to the second year of salary is what you use to either start a business, invest in real estate, invest in stocks, do something that takes you from poverty to making money while you sleep. Right. I love that. And that's great and reassurance. Me, I mean, it's, I, I, want, I want everybody to hear that life is in baby steps. I have to tell you something. I traveled and uh, I've traveled a lot with a lot of Nobel laureate women. One of them is this Guatemalan woman named Rigoberta Menchu. She said something that I think is very apropos to your listener. She said, indigenous people all wear belts to remind ourselves that half of us is of the sky and half of us belongs to the earth. And the belt reminds us that every morning we wake up and dream big, bigger than we can imagine. But the other half of us is on the ground. And in order to make your dreams come true, you take baby steps, very small baby steps. You don't have to rush 
and you plant little seeds and take little baby steps. And then those seeds begin to grow. And she said, and it reminds us that dreams without action in the ground amount to nothing. Right. Wow. More powerful information and, and knowledge and wisdoms and insights. Nelly, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Now, I want to respect your time. So tell me more about the webinars that you have going on. Yeah. So I just made these webinars. This is all it is. I made three hours, one hour each. I took myself from being 17 years old with immigrant parents, not knowing anything. And I went all the way to being a multimillionaire that could retire at 45, even though I'll never retire. And I literally made you guys three hours. You can, it's free. It's, let me give you the website. It's www.becomingselfmade.com slash mastery. And there's three hours of webinars you can watch them in your pajamas and i i like it's real talk i tell you step by step what i did the mistakes i made which when when i made little mis mistakes that were like huge uh which were my detours how did i recover from my detours step by step how i did it i love that i love that you, i'm going to give you the, the email again it's www.becomingselfmade.com slash mastery you register it's free and then they're on demand you can watch them whenever you want that's awesome i'm going to make sure that the link is also in the show notes so it's easily accessible to everyone that's tuned into this but i'm also going to have your social handles and all that good stuff in there as well so people free. can make sure they're connecting with you our community loves to connect with you know the individuals we bring on the show so nelly i need to express my well, gratitude know, again and just just so everybody knows i do a newsletter every month where I send you, and it's free again, where I tell you what I'm learning, what I'm doing. If you go on my website, Becoming Self-Made, you can register, you get my newsletter every month too, it's free. Or you can talk to me at info at becomingselfmade.com. I love it. I love it. Nelly, thank you again for joining us for, for round two. Uh, it's crazy how fast the year goes, but I'm excited to have you back and amplify this message. So thank you again for joining us. Matt, I love talking to you. You're a great interviewer, and I'm just so happy you're bringing this message to so many young people. Uh, because you know, the, the, you know what? When I look at Bernie Sanders, I don't agree with Bernie Sanders because I come from a communist country. But I love that he loves young people and that he wants the best for all of you. And I feel that way about myself. I want all of you to become self-made. And that doesn't mean everyone's gonna be an entrepreneur. I mean, some of you are going to invest like entrepreneurs, but I want you all to be rich in every way. And you have to know that those of us that have already done it, we all we want for you is the best. So never, you know, never send away or poo-poo someone that's older and wiser that has something deep to tell you because you know, we only want the best for you. We don't want anything from you. We're not competing with you. We already got there. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's huge too. So Nelly, listen, you're you're welcome back anytime you want. Literally, I, I, I love talking to you as you could probably already tell. And obviously I've told your team, I've told you, you're the absolute best. So thank you again.
No, thank you so much. And I, I honor everything you're doing. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from Nelly herself. Now, first and foremost, make sure you're connecting with Nelly through the links in the show notes of this episode. As mentioned, she wants to connect with you. She wants to be a resource to you. She wants to help you level up your life. So make sure you're capitalizing on those opportunities at hand. You could do so again just through the show notes of this episode. And as always, it is now time for me to start breaking down the few points that resonated with me on a super high level. And as always, it is rather challenging, but bear with me here. Number one, I feel like this plays a major, major role in what we are all experiencing due to this pandemic and COVID-19. Nelly talked about the X factor, the things that happen beyond our control right? None of us, none of us tuned into this right now. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I know I personally had no play in COVID-19 happening, right? And I'm sure you may be able to relate to that, but at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't control other things in our life, right? And we talked about while Nelly brought up the X factor, how to potentially prepare, prepare yourself, prepare your business, prepare whatever, to continuously thrive even through situations like this, which may seem far-fetched for some, right? But at the end of the day, it is possible. And when you can take advice from someone like Nelly, who's been there and done that, trust in that process, trust in that advice, and apply it any which way seems or you deem applicable to your life. And remember, going all the way back to our friend John Gordon, who hopped on here, author of The Energy Bus, honestly, one of my top five books, he talks about E plus P equals equals O, events plus perspective equals outcome. How we perceive the events we go through is what truly determines that outcome. And I believe that right there is something that goes in hand in hand with the X factor, right? We couldn't control this event, but at the same time, how we perceive it and what we do during the event is what's determining that outcome. So that's point number one. Number two, you need to have fucking skin in the game. I absolutely loved hearing that from Nelly. Skin in the game. Every single time, in my experience, I've put skin in the game, whether that meant that I had to pay for my college tuition because I failed out and my parents no longer wanted to support that part of my journey, or whether that was putting a goal of mine out into the public saying, hey, I'm going to do this. For instance, this podcast coming out December 4th, 2018, I told people it was going to happen two weeks before that. And being that I did so, I had skin in the game. I had to come through. I couldn't look like a fraud. So make sure no matter what you're pursuing, no matter what it is that you want to move forward with. You need to have skin in the game. You need to have skin in the game. And point number three, this is what was challenging for me right here. Point number three, I want you to re-listen to this episode. I really want you to re-listen to it because you want to know what? I listened to it three times, even in the editing process, because I felt that this was so powerful. And I feel like so many freaking people need to hear what is being said in this conversation, whether that means living below your means, whether that means the X factor, how to prepare, all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it, man. It is so fucking powerful. So again, re-listen to this episode. And as mentioned earlier in the intro to the show, I want to make sure that you're sharing this nonetheless because you have the opportunity to impact someone's life. Maybe you don't have someone directly to share it with, but that doesn't mean you can't throw it up on your Instagram story or your Twitter or your Facebook or whatever. Make sure you tag us so that we are able to reciprocate the love. And lastly, make sure you are leaving that rating and review, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes. But until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.